People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Wrestling fans, thank you for joining another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. I am Matt. I am alongside my brother, Joe. What up? And before we start, um, been dealing with a little bit of family tragedy here. My my grandmother uh, of 84 years passed away uh, shortly before this recording, a few days before this recording. Uh, she was a huge supporter of everything that I, I did. Didn't listen to every episode, but definitely listened to a number of episodes. Um, just to hear my voice, uh, not really a supporter of professional wrestling, but knew what professional wrestling was or meant means to me. So uh, definitely a, a fan there. Um, before we, we start, you know, I just I want to remind everybody how important it is to, to tell people out there that you love them. And all that stuff, and, and keep keep them, take the time out to, to, to let them know that you do love them. And I'm just thankful that I got it to 28 years to be able to do that. Uh, and I don't have any regret in that sense. So, uh, Grandma, wherever you are, I love you, I miss you, and uh, I, I hope you're, you're at peace now. So, um, thank you for everyone for listening. On that note, I'm going to go back to everything... That I, I love to talk about, and that's professional wrestling. Absolutely. And as we do that, we are watching some of the best professional wrestling around, and that is the G1 Climax. This is day eight. Uh, Block B is going to be uh, highlighted in this show. Uh, again, we, we hope that you are enjoying the G1 as much as we are. Uh, with everything going on, I'm a few shows behind but i'm gonna go ahead and watch this one because it's it's really not gonna matter i'm gonna watch all of them you know at some point sooner than later but uh we're not gonna talk about uh g1 at the moment instead as we talk see tamatunga who's definitely been in the news quite a bit lately (laughs) (laughs) but we're gonna we're gonna actually gonna go to the wwe they just got a big signing big signing for them, it's a big deal for independent wrestling, especially if you're a fan of Evolve Wrestling, uh, things of that nature, PWG. Uh, this particular guy was uh, have, uh, a major part of. And that is the King of Bros. Bro. Bro, Matt Riddle, is, just recently signed a three-year contract with the WWE, which before we break this down, what's your initial reaction to that? I'm I'm shocked. I, I don't know about anybody else out there because, uh, quite frankly, there's there's not too many people that I talk to about Matt Riddle. But it, this was a shock to me because, uh, for those of you who might not know, Matt Riddle is a big supporter of marijuana and cannabis usage. And that was uh, probably the biggest reason he has not already been signed to the WWE, yeah, or had entertained any any contract from them. So it, it comes across as a shock because 
Now it's like, you know, you have to wonder, uh, are they just going to look the other way on his usage? Or did he find some other loophole around said usage? Yeah. Or is Matt Riddle coming into the WWE clean? That's that's uh, that's another possibility. So e- either way, it comes to me as a as a shock. Like I don't think anybody expected this. I know uh, about a month ago or so we had reported, or m- most of the wrestling news world had reported that Keith Lee got picked up by the WWE. Yeah, which that was not really a shocker. I mean, Evolve is a an official breeder for the WWE. It was just a, a matter of time before Keith Lee got picked up. But right around that time, there was little rumblings about Matt Riddle leaving. And I, I think I speak for you as well. Like, both you and I, we didn't see that happening. <laughs> not at all. Not in the least bit. So, no. yeah, shocking to say the least. It's shocking for sure. You, you look at a guy like Matt Riddle, who's in tremendous shape. Obviously, a great wrestler, a great submission wrestler, too, grappler. But he has the baggage of of, of, of marijuana usage, and he's he's not shy about it. Obviously, it's well documented. He was really one of those guys that was going to be the future of UFC and couldn't pass drug tests because of uh, the marijuana usage. And he obviously was okay with leaving MMA to pursue other things if it meant that he could continue using marijuana. And, look, I'm not here to, to, to preach marijuana uses or not, and my standpoint on it doesn't matter. I, I really don't care personally. But you look at a, a company like WWE that has a wellness policy. They have rules intact. And I looked at their their uh, their wellness policy, and I don't, I'm not sure if this is updated, or not, but I don't think that the marijuana usage is suspension anymore. I, I think it's just at a $2,500 fine, albeit $2,500 is a decent chunk of change. Depending on what they're going to pay them, it, it could be one of those things where both parties are willing to take that, that hit. You know, where you're going to do random drug tests, look, he's not going to be tested every week. You know, you would think... So when it does happen, it's just pay up the money and be done with it. And I can see them being that company that gives them a little extra bit to compensate for the money he's going to be losing anyways. I I don't know. Or, as we've seen with other guys, cough, cough, John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, there was something in my throat there. John Cena. (laughs) Um... We've seen them turn the other other cheek before and and allow guys to continue to basically do whatever the hell they want to do as long as they continue to be a draw. So let's not forget that we're dealing with WWE here and that they they make rules all the time, but they constantly break them for special circumstances. Uh, In this case, it would be taking Matt Riddle away from independent wrestling because... Let's face facts here. I'm shocked about this, but more importantly, I'm disappointed because Matt Riddle goes from being a high-profile independent wrestler to a guy that's more than likely going to be a low low guy on the, on the card. 
I look at him as like a higher up No Way Jose or a um, what's the other guy? The the guy that's always hype, uh, Mojo Raleigh. Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, a guy like him, like legit workers, but I don't see him being the next AJ Styles. Or I hate to can't compare this, but at the level of like the next Braun Strowman, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. I I don't see it that way. I look at it as a successful NXT career and a mediocre main roster career, just like most guys that come from the Indies. I was gonna do. say. I mean, it it isn't even the indie guys as a source. It's just about anybody these days. Yeah. Anybody that goes there, they if they have an NXT run, it's usually pretty awesome, and then they get called up and nothing. You know, fucking Cien Almas. Yeah. Awesome fucking NXT run. What's he doing now? Yeah, I, I've heard that they're, they're, there's actually talks of them giving him a push. But my, my thing is, if you're going to wait this long, why the fuck do you call him up? Yeah. Because at this point, he's lost all of his edge. Man. <laughs> all that spark... All that momentum after those great, uh, the, the Alistair Black rivalry, and you call him up and he's got this huge buzz, and then you don't feature, you've, he's probably been on TV since being called up a whopping like five or six times. That's horrible. You know? <laughs> Fucking horrible. How many of those were matches too? Yeah, exactly. You know? some, some of them are like like two minute bits, you know, <laughs> so, but this is, this is the problem with this company is that you have all this talent. You have the worst writers in, in all professional wrestling. Yes, you can quote me on that. The worst writing staff in all of professional wrestling. Absolute worst. And you have way too much, way too many guys, both good and bad. And you, you happen to feature more of the bad wrestlers than the good. Braun Strowman. I'm, a, I, I, I'm, I'm less of a fan these days, but I used to be a, a bigger fan of Roman Reigns. I, can't, I don't want to say I can't stand the guy anymore. I just don't want to see him anymore. Enough. The Miz. You know, guys of that nature. These talentless idiots that that shouldn't wear wrestling gear. And they're being featured. But you have guys like Samoa Joe. It took him till now to be featured on the main roster. I mean, yeah, he's going to fight AJ Styles at the pay-per-view. Everyone's all, all hype about that. Where the fuck's he been the last two months? <laughs> you know, I mean, what about what about Cesaro? You know, a great wrestler in that in that sense. And again, he's now being he's in a tournament for the SmackDown tag team titles. Where the hell has he been? He's been doing house shows. So as far as Matt Riddle goes, bro, if you're listening to this, you're gonna get paid a good chunk of money, but you ain't gonna work. You ain't going to work, and you better hope. This is the problem, because I always hear this argument. Well, they're making tons of money, right? Yeah, but you better hope that they don't lose relevance and WWE cuts them, because by you not being portrayed on TV, you're no longer a draw when the WWE no longer wants you. Yeah, Just remember you'll, that. You'll, yeah, you'll go back to the indies and essentially start from scratch. Yeah, Matt Riddle who? <laughs> you, know? Fuck. you know, you also mentioned Keith Lee. I uh, I told you before the show, I want to, I don't know if this is breaking news to anybody out there listening, but if it is, here it is. It has been reported by multiple sources that Keith Lee is actually going to skip 
NXT and go straight to the main roster. I gotta hear again. What's what's your initial reaction to Keith Lee not being in NXT? Um, man, that's like so disheartening to me because I think he would flourish there, just like all these all this top indie talent that's coming their way. NXT seems to be the, like the perfect mixture of indie and WWE product to where they they actually have a successful career and they stay relevant. You get to see them. You get to see your favorite indie wrestler be on a WWE product and yeah. a television show and compete in a very similar manner. But now you're telling me that there's a chance that he bypasses all that and goes straight to either SmackDown or Raw. Man, that does not excite me at all. To essentially rot. Yeah, because that's what's going to happen. I mean, even... It it sucks, too, because I feel like a lot of the times you and I have uh, conversations with other wrestling fans online, a lot of it is we get targeted for picking on the WWE, but, like, they keep making the same mistakes. Yeah. You know, th- this isn't new. This is just another another repeat mistake in a line of repeat mistakes. And it's like, how, how the fuck... Like, don't get me wrong. I understand the business side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to have merch out and the whole nine. You need to push that shit because that's the WWE for you, but... Fuck, you want to talk about ruining a wrestler's career? That Like, money isn't everything, folks. It just isn't. And especially when it comes to professional wrestling, just like Matt said, if, if you go to the WWE and you're, you're either used the wrong way or you're not used at all or used very sparingly and then they cut you, you go back to the indies... And you lose all that momentum that you you have mustered up in order to get to that level of success to begin with. And then what? You have to start all the fuck over. It's very rare that some guy leaves the WWE and goes back to being as successful as he was before arriving there. I'm going to use an example, and some people might get a chuckle out of this, but do a little bit of research. And I'm going to stick with a Chicago guy, because we're, we're Chicago guys. Uh, Cole Cabana. <laughs> Cole Cabana, when he, uh, when he broke into Ring of Honor, some of the matches he, were ha- he was having, he was, he was always kind of this goofy character. He had a go- you know, he's a goofy guy, but there was definitely a more serious side behind him. And I know you could attest to that. Um, definitely had a, a hardcore edge about him, too. Gets signed by the WWE. And I don't remember what his name was in WWE. I don't remember either. Scott, Scotty something, I think. Yeah. Anyways, he was just this joke of a character that was barely used on SmackDown. And then they did this bit where they were moving SmackDown to, I think they were moving the, from Sci-Fi to USA Network or something along those lines. Or maybe they were moving to Sci-Fi. Either way, they were, they were doing, they were moving and they had a moving truck, and they threw Coca Cabana and somebody else in the back of the moving truck, and it was like a ha-ha moment. But you never saw Coca Cabana again. Now, Coca Cabana comes back to profession- to the indies. Uh, you never saw him again in WWE, by the way. 
he goes back to the Indies and he has no edge anymore. He has absolutely no edge. He's the guy that was, oh yeah, you were Scotty whatever in WWE and you're just a joke. And so he has to find a way to try to stay somewhat relevant so he becomes even more of a joke than he was in the past. No edge to him. There's no there, there there's no uh like hype behind this guy anymore. And he never got it back. <laughs> never. He made some good money, I'm sure, in WWE. Yeah. Made some good dough, paid paid his bills and then some. Fine. But Another thing, you know, you said money isn't everything, but what if, if if it is to you, if you think money is everything, keep this in mind. You have to, just like anything else in life, you have to think about the longevity. Have a long-term goal. In professional wrestling, your long-term goal is to remain relevant your entire career. At least I would think so. That's how you make money, right? By being relevant, by Sammy Callahan called himself the draw, by being a draw. If you go to WWE and you're not used, you're barely used, and then you go back to independent wrestling and you're not, you're getting, having a hard time getting booked because nobody gives a fuck about you, well, you just lost long-term money. You lost long-term merchandise, especially in, in, during an era where you got sites like Pro Wrestling Tees that you could have your own store on their website You know, for whatever fee they charge. I'm not sure what it is, but... It's much easier to have your stuff out there for the for the public to see. But again, if you're talking about somebody that isn't being used, you're not going to be featured on the website or any website. You're not going to be searched for by a lot of people. You know, it's look at guys like I hate to keep bringing up these you know these three again, but you know Omega and the Young Bucks because they're the hot commodity right now. Are they going to stay with where they're at, or are they going to go to WWE? Again, you have all this merchandise sales. That ends the moment you sign that contract. You're going to have merchandise, but it's with a WWE logo, and your cut's going to be way different from what you were getting from Pro Wrestling Tees and ROH Wrestling website and so on and so forth, New Japan, etc., etc. You better hope, especially if you're guys like the Young Bucks, because you're a tag team, you better hope that you stay relevant because if you don't, everything that you built is crumbled. You're pretty much the present day version of Babylon. You just, you crumble because you sign on that dotted line to make some money that you already could be making in a wrestling world now. And I'm not just talking about the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega anymore. I'm also talking about a Matt Riddle and a Keith Lee in a wrestling world that has saw a resurgence in ways that I personally, guys, my generation, no disrespect to you, Joe, but you <laughs> you were kind of on the back end, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. You got to saw the after effect. I got to see that in tapes and out of the WWE Network and stuff like that. We're getting to see it, both of us, now we get to see it live. You know, you, me, you know, you, you know your future generations with your daughter and, and so on and so forth. Where we get to see this resurgence, this renaissance of professional wrestling. And it's a shame that guys still have that mentality. Well, let me make some good money in WWE when you can make really good fucking money really anywhere. Because wrestling is a hot ticket commodity again. Yeah, you're you're just you're you're doing it a little bit differently. 
yeah. than how you would be doing it in the WWE. But yeah, there is plenty of money to be made as long as you're you're willing to be that go-getter. And let's face it, some some of these guys, you don't even need to do that these days. You just the name alone is 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 your draw. Yeah. You know, if uh, if Keith Lee and uh, Matt Riddle stayed in the Indies, uh, whether they were working for PWG or Evolve or whomever, mm-hmm. yeah, they they would still be up there. They'd still be making a, a decent amount of a change out there. They would just have to do it a little bit differently than they're going to be doing it in the WWE. And uh, I'm I'm really curious to be in inside these guys' minds, these two in particular, as to why they actually went. Besides the money, because everybody is pretty well aware of the grueling schedule that the WWE has their talent go through, which isn't necessarily the same as it it might be for your indie schedule because again you're booking your own stuff you're you're working as as much or as less as you want to work so other than the money I'm not sure I'm not sure what what it is is it just them wanting to say that hey I, I did some time there and you know I tried it out, and you know whatever happens happens. I guess that could be part of it too. But to me, man, that these days it's just not. There's that level of appeal is is fading fast, and I just, man, I can't, I can't really understand. I can't put my finger on it. So let's put this in perspective. So I've been told throughout this uh, again. Sorry, guys, but the the whole young bucks thing. <laughs> That the, the Young Bucks are for sure going to sign with WWE because they're working too many dates in independent in the Indies. Okay. Okay. Uh, for anybody that is going to throw out these facts at me, make sure you fact check before you start coming at me with shit. Okay. So Seth Rollins, I picked Seth Rollins because he's a hot ticket guy, right? Sure. You know how many matches he's worked in twenty eighteen? How many? 101. 101 matches okay. in, in 2018. Okay? And that's that's what, uh, a little over half of the year? A little over half of the year, okay. yeah. The Young Bucks. Want to take a guess on how many? For they, this year? Yeah, for this year. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, They're everywhere, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll say... I'll say 85. 85? No. 49. That's it? 49 matches. <laughs> is what they've wrestled. Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, they seem like they're fucking everywhere. <laughs> they're fucking everywhere, yeah. But you, but you want to know why? Because they're at every single major event other than WWE. You know, they're, Pro Wrestling Gorilla is in the process of, of changing venues. Yeah. Guess who's there? The Young Bucks. Yeah, they actually had their first first show there already. Yeah. Yeah. And the Young Bucks were there. Uh, Ring of Honor. Every major Ring of Honor tour and pay per view, because now that you know that now that every show is on, whether it's being a, a TV taping or if it's on Honor Club, it's you can see it now. They're there. 
But the thing is, Ring of Honor does shows two or three times a month. At New Japan Pro Wrestling, they don't do every tour. They don't do every tour. They do the main shows, but they're not there every single show. So what are you guys talking about? That they are being overbooked. Yes, they're they're doing a lot of other things, especially their, their YouTube show, which they do. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something completely independent yeah. of, of their wrestling booking. And, and not only that, but they also are really promoting right now more so than usual because they have All In. They have a show that they put together that they are promoting for. Same way the WWE would have their talent promote WrestleMania or SummerSlam or any show that's in town, really. So... Let's look at Keith Lee. Keith Lee, 47 matches. 47 matches for Keith Lee. For Matt Riddle, 86. Now, all those were mainly January through April were double digits. Since May, he's wrestled less than 10 matches a month. And you got to remember, too, April was... You the know, WrestleMania. WrestleMania weekend, which he had he hosted his own show. Yeah. So I remember that if you remember that from that episode, he was over double digits, yeah. I think, or close to it. Oh, that's right, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he he hosted his own show, and then he took part in uh, WWN events. Yeah, there was two Evolve shows. And there two was the WWN so, so yeah, show, and he and, Style Battle, right? So which he won the WWN matches. Like Style Battle was tournament style, and so was something else. So. Yeah, the, he had he wrestled like close to ten times that weekend. Just in that weekend, so yeah. oh, but he, but but a lot of indie guys do. You know, Michael Elgin was kind of like the first one to break his silence on that. It's like that's a good way to make a fuck ton of money. Yeah, he. Uh, I remember hearing him on the six hundred five podcast talking to uh, Brian Last, and yeah, he 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 said it very nonchalantly too. Like, oh yeah, I just. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania weekend, I'll, I'll get booked for, you know, seven to ten shows and just have at it. And you're like, holy shit. But, you know, you, you uh, on the indie circuit, you make your money when you can and, and however you want, especially these days. That is no truer than, no, that's no truer than now with the, the boom in wrestling again. You can, you can basically, if you have a name out there and you're a good wrestler... You're making your own schedule. You can work as much or as less as you want, and yeah, you can you can pull fucking ten appearances or ten matches in a in a weekend, uh, a WrestleMania weekend if if uh, if you've got the name and you've if you've got if you're a go getter. You yeah. Know? So go back to the Young Bucks here. Five matches in January. You got nine in February and March. Seven in April. Nine in May. 7 in June. We're at the end of July. They might have one or two more matches. They're at 3 right now. Wow. So, that's I go- I really thought they were they were closer to a Matt Riddle number. And let, let's go to, to and, But even then, even saying that. Yeah. You what did you say uh Seth Rollins was at? 101. 101. He's the lowest amount he's wrestled in a month was 12. That's close to uh it's almost a 20 match difference. Yes. And we're not even halfway through the year, so if if we were to keep, or I'm saying we're a little over half halfway through the year. Sorry, 
So if we're to keep that pace, suffice it to say, Seth Rollins is going to wrestle well over 200 matches. Close to, yeah, probably, because he's wrestled, uh, 2013, he's wrestled 214 matches. Um, the lowest amount he's wrestled since coming to WWE was 118, but he also had the uh, the injury. I was going to say, that's him being injured. Yeah. 118 and him being injured. When he came back, the year when he came back, 147 matches. He's already at 101. Jesus. Uh, 176 in 2015, 196 in uh, 2014. The most that the Young Bucks have ever wrestled in a year was 117. That was in 2015. <laughs> so they haven't done that. Last year, 76. 20, or excuse me, uh, 2016, 76. 2017, 81. Jesus. So where's your argument at that they, uh, they're overused, that they're never home? You know, like, man, it, it's it's all it's all in how you you know everybody has the same set of tools for for this argument's sake, but it's just how you use it, you know. And man, that that really does fucking baffle and blow my mind. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be that big of a discrepancy. So that's that's the thing. Like, so you're working fewer dates. If you don't know this by now, you're you're living under a rock. But not only are the Young Bucks working less dates than, let's say, a Seth Rollins. And again, I, again, I think I picked a fair guy when, it, when, I, when I did this uh, little Absolutely. experiment. Yeah, Seth yeah, Rollins yeah, yeah. is a top commodity here. You know, I mean, not everybody could be Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you know, wrestle one, one and a half times a year. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> but but uh, not only are they working less dates, but you're also selling... A fuck ton more merchandise. You're making more money on merchandise because they get a, a way bigger cut from pro wrestling tees than Seth Rollins is going to out of WWE. That's just that's a fact. It's fucking unfortunate, is what it is. And this is a guy that that has that tore three ligaments in his knee, and he's working all these dates. You know, the Young Bucks. Yeah, Matt hurt his back. Uh, earlier in this year, he's been dealing with that. Again, you work what you need to work, and I guarantee you, if All In wasn't a thing this year, Matt Jackson probably would have took more time off too. Yeah, to rest that back up. So, yeah, he's taking a risk by by competing with a bad back. There's no doubt about it. As wrestling fans, we appreciate that. Um, but we, I, I, me personally, I would understand if he took some time off to to heal the back. But again, he's trying to be a promoter here on top of being a professional wrestler. That's the reason why you got, you know, two brothers that are constantly on the road because they're constantly booking, they're constantly talking with other talent and all this other stuff. You know, it's not just them being a professional wrestler at this point. Yeah, you can focus on just being a professional wrestler, but I'm going to tell you this right now, if they don't know this, I don't know what what they're smoking at this point. Some better than Matt Riddle <laughs> shit, but you're never gonna see your kids either if you're gonna be in WWE. Yeah, and it's gonna be the entire time of your contract, unless you get hurt. You know that that uh... <laughs> maybe that's why Matt Riddle's going so he can afford like the really really good shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, we have. That mentality, and again, we don't know. We don't know if that's what Matt Riddle wanted to do. You know, maybe he was one of those guys that wants the WWE 
moniker. Maybe he that's his dream job. Maybe maybe WrestleMania is his dream, uh, you know, match. And again, we've talked about that. It's not not everybody's going to want that, but there are going to be guys that do. And maybe Matt Riddle is that guy. Who the hell knows? It's just a shame that there's guys that are willing to take a, a big paycheck to do pretty much nothing. Um, up until his Intercontinental Championship win uh, last month, earlier this month in July, you know, Dolph Ziggler was that guy who's willing to take a boatload of money to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. You know, so it's really sad, especially when you have a wrestling industry, as we see Jay White right now, who if you don't, if you haven't paying attention, Jay White, his, his, he's about to explode in ways that uh, he would never have in WWE. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Jay White is, is about, he's, uh, he's, he's shattering the glass ceiling at such a quick rate. And that's the type of things you can do is independent wrestling, or in this case, New Japan Pro Wrestling, where... They put the wrestler first. The good workers get good spots. It's not you're a good worker. You're perfect for Braun Strowman. Get him over. When Braun Strowman should be busting his ass to get himself over, no, you, you do it for him. You do it for him because he's big and the fans like his get these hands slogan. So just do that. <laughs> get, get him over. That shit doesn't fly anywhere else in professional wrestling. I'm curious, on on that infographic you have up right now, yeah, are there any New Japan members that we could we could take a look at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw a name at me. Um, how about how about Naito? Yeah, let's do Naito, sure. Because he's a hot commodity right now. He's he pretty much at every single uh, tour. He he's worked a lot. He's worked a lot. He's at ninety three right now. Jesus. Okay, so all right, that makes sense though because he is a full time, he's full time New Japan. He isn't like uh, the Young Bucks. Uh, you know, I'm curious now that we've we've got it up. Can yeah. we can we shoot on Kenny Omega? Yeah, and see what it's Ken, like? Kenny Omega. That's even a better one. Kenny Omega. I I'm telling you right now, this one has to be low. Uh, mainly because Cody's been calling him out about it too. Kenny Omega, ladies and gentlemen. The IWGB Heavyweight Champion, the most well-known wrestler in the world right now, 30. Are you fucking kidding me? 30 matches. Oh, shit. The most recognized name outside of WWE, I'll, I'll be fair, outside of WWE, the most recognized name in professional wrestling is Kenny Omega. He has wrestled 30 matches. Holy shit. He's wrestled more matches in the month of July why? Because he's in the G1 Climax than any other month. Prior to that, second place is February with six. Good. He's wrestled one time in March. Damn. And he wants to go to WWE to wrestle 101 matches yeah. by this time? Yeah, why Yeah, why would he do that? Again, you're the most recognized wrestler in the world. You can go anywhere you want. You're going to be the hot ticket item. Your merchandise is going to sell more than anybody else. Your meet and greet packages are gonna s- sell more than anybody else. Why the fuck would you go here? <laughs> so you could work all the goddamn time when you work thirty matches. And and uh, and again, his career would suffer. His career and his his momentum, all that would suffer. He wouldn't. He, he wouldn't be the best bout machine. 
No. There would be no way in hell that McMahon is going to let you put on those kinds of matches. Against who? You know, I mean, who are they yeah, going to Because he on? doesn't want anybody else to wrestle that way. Yeah. You know, it's it's the same thing with, again, going back to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins tore his Achilles. No, not Achilles. I'm sorry. Tore his MCL, ACL, and another ligament in his knee. And instead of working him less, that would be the answer, right? Work him less matches. more Less, more high-profile matches. No, you're going to work more matches against the same guy over and over again. It's just you're not going to do as much. So it's it's the complete opposite of what we're always told. It's for them, for WWE, it's quantity over quality, and that's why for a lot of you, a lot of you fans who are starting to kind of like, hey, Raw and SmackDown kind of suck right now. This is why. This is their formula. It doesn't work. You know, there's a reason why you go to McDonald's and it's like, yeah, it's all right, but then you go to you know, a, a an actual burger restaurant, you're like, man, that's a damn good burger. That's because they put more time and effort into the patty, whether it's some frozen piece of shit that's just going to get the job done. <laughs> and I eat at McDonald's from time to time, so the same thing with WWE. Like, they're like the McDonald's of, of wrestling. It's just, it's just force-fed bullshit. And, again, it's just get as many matches as we, and many shows as we possibly can it doesn't matter if the matches are good. That's not what they're. That's not what the people want. That's what they. That's what they think. And for some, it's true. But there's certain fans that are kind of like, you know, yeah, I'm not necessarily into the New Japan stuff and all that other stuff, but I will like better matches at least. Well, you're not going to get it. Yeah, you're not. You're not not, not, not until you stop watching. Yeah, or stop attending. Stop attending. Stop buying the fucking merchandise. Yeah. Hit their pockets. Hit their pockets where it's going to be. Uh, then they wouldn't be able to sign guys like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Matt Riddle and things of that nature because it's it wouldn't be worth it to them. I, the, you know, we talk about uh, the internet wrestling community, and there's this phenom, this phenomenon going on with these hardcore WWE fans right now that I've noticed, and it, it's one of those things. It's like it's almost it's almost taboo to sit there. And tell other people that Raw and SmackDown are boring. And I don't understand it. I don't understand it in the least bit. And, and I wish I could say it was one age group, but it's not. It, I've, I've experienced this conversation with many people from many walks of life and many ages. So... It's got nothing to do with your age or, or what you know what what wrestling area you most identify with or anything like that. But I'll sit and I'll talk to some of these people online, and it's it's almost like they want you to keep it hush hush. Like, oh man, you know, <laughs> I, I I put I I watch Raw, but I really don't. I just kind of keep it on the background because you know, truth be told, it's really boring. Why don't you just come out and say it? Like you're not gonna get in trouble. Like I'm, if you think it's boring, great. I think it's boring. Yeah. You know, I, I'm pretty sure if uh, if it was exciting, we would be talking about it. But instead, the conversation I'm having with these people is about other wrestlers and other federations, and 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 the plight that they're experiencing as a WWE, a hardcore WWE fan. We love both Matt and I love that 
anybody listening to this, anybody who supports professional wrestling, keep doing so. Whether yeah. it's the WWE or not. But on the same token, don't be afraid to call these fucking companies out when their product is horseshit. Especially if you're paying for this stuff. You know? I, I refused to take my daughter to a, a SmackDown this past December. Yeah, huge AJ Styles fan. She's huge AJ Styles fan, but she understood right away. She's like, yeah, I know. It, it's going to be boring. Like, why would we want to pay all that money to go see something like that when we could have easily, for the same amount of money, mind you, attend two or three Ring of Honor shows. Or go to All In. Or go to All In, which will be there. So... Man, it's just she's only fourteen. She gets it. She completely gets it. And and she she shares the same um, opinion that Matt and I do. And and it, it isn't even uh, like an influential thing. Like him and I have not influenced her in that manner. Like this is of her own will. Yeah, she, she was she was Team Cody when I was it, telling it, her Kenny, Kenny, it, exactly, Kenny. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So she she's made up her own mind on this, and she she does she she thinks it's pretty fucking sad that she's not interested in watching AJ Styles wrestle right now, and Shinsuke Nakamura wrestle right now. All that all that uh, all that momentum, all that excitement attached to those guys is gone for her, and so she she rarely watches WWE product. You know, every once in a while, it's like, hey, let's. I'll check check in what's going on. You know, what were the results of a pay per view or what have you. But her and I have not sat down to watch Raw or SmackDown in a long, long time. Um, we'll check out Ring of Honor TV or New Japan or um, Lucha. You know, programs of that nature. Impact. Yeah. Before we'll sit and watch WWE. Everybody should be checking out Impact right now, man. Oh, but uh, real, real quick here, one more, uh, one more comparison. I gotta do one more. Yeah, please, just, please, please. I could do these all day. These are fun. But uh, <laughs> Daniel Bryan, plus or minus on on uh, Kenny Omega. Oh, you know, just because of of them, especially like we talked was it last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, how they're trying to fit all these. Uh, Dream matches in just in case he decides to leave in September. Yeah, I'm gonna say plus Kenny Omega. You'd be correct. So Kenny Omega in uh, the entire calendar year has wrestled 30 matches. Daniel Bryan came back in April, correct? Yes, came back in April. I mean, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's wrestled 43 matches. Get the fuck out of here! 43 matches since he's come. This is a guy that came back from a concussion, by the way. His days are numbered. His days are numbered, and he's wrestling 40, 43 oh. fucking matches. Why the fuck would you do that, man? And, and I, I'm not going to sit here and count all of them, but for every one match he does, about uh, roughly here, about every three of them are house shows. I'm going to... You know this about me. I rarely ask for anything specific for my birthday, other than to hang out with my, my close friends. I'm asking for something specific this year. You know what I want? What's that? I want <laughs> Daniel Bryan to make his fucking money in the WWE until September. Come September 2nd, leave that fucking place. Yes. 
and work your own schedule so that you could be with your daughter and call your own appearances and and make probably that much more fucking money in the process. That's what I want. So I'm going to throw another name out here. I know I said that was the last one. No, 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 go ahead. This this is fucking interesting as shit. But, uh, and and it's not going to be this extreme because he should wrestle more than this because we're talking about a a semi-retired wrestler here. But I want to throw out a name that would remind me so much of Daniel Bryan. Okay. That name is the current IWGP Intercontinental Champion, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho calls his own shots, right? Yes. Wherever, Wherever he wants to go is where he's going to go. He wrestled a match in WWE. He's wrestled matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's it, actually. He wrestled three matches this year. The point is, Chris Jericho's a draw no matter where he goes. Daniel yeah, he Bryan is, is the same, going to be the same thing. So, therefore, obviously, I want to see Daniel Bryan wrestle more than three matches. I know Daniel Bryan's going to want to wrestle more than three matches. But he's already talking 50 to 100 tops. And he's at... How many did I say? 40. 49? 40, yeah. Somewhere in the 40s. Yeah. 43, I think it was. He's at 43 in, in four months. Oh, God damn. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And, you know, he reminds me of, you know, Chris Jericho. Okay, Chris Jericho in 2017. There's a good one. 35. That was it. That was it. Okay. 35 matches. High-profile matches. I'm not saying every single one was, but... For Daniel Bryan, that could be the case. Daniel Bryan is going to be at, you know, Ring of Honor Final Battle. That's usually their December pay-per-view. Book it. That could be his one and only Ring of Honor show of the year. That's going to be a sellout no matter where they go. Absolutely. You know, uh, Daniel Bryan can't technically be an all-in if his contract ends on the first. But the point, my point is, is if if it was able to do all-in. I don't want to say no, because it all depends what kind of no-compete clause he has in his That's contract. True. He could he could show up and not do anything. They could have him in the crowd. They could have him in the crowd. Yeah. yeah. That's, so. true. That's true. That's very true. But, yeah, th- that's the thing. Like, he's one of those guys. Chris Jericho is one of those guys that calls his own shots. And the same thing applies for Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan could be one of, could be one of those guys. That calls his own shots. You know, I'm going to do Wrestle Kingdom. I'm going to do Dominion. If he's up for it, how fucking badass it would be if he did the G1 next year. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, and again, you do that tour, you know, you do your 19 matches or however, many, however long G1 is going to be. You're probably going to be 19 again. And then you take a break. You do your Japanese tour. You're gone for a month. And then when it's done, win or lose the G1, you go home to wherever you, you reside in, not these days. You go you go with your wife, go with your daughter, and you heal up, and you do whatever it is you want to fucking do. That's going to be the life that you live. And you're still one of the most relevant wrestlers in the world. And you're still making money. And you're still making a fuck ton of money. Because you got you know sites like Pro Wrestling Tees, sites like... New Japan sites like Ring of Honor sites like you can do your own make your own fucking website for all for all I care. True, absolutely. You know, sell your merchandise. So even when you're not wrestling, you're still racking in the dough. To me, it's a no brainer. I you know, and, and for him, he's already got the WrestleMania moment. 
So you can't even say, well, he wants that. He already has it. Yeah, he's already got it. You know, so to me, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, and I, it's probably a... I mean no pun by that, actually, <laughs> given the circumstances of his injuries. I'm, I'm sitting here repeating it, and it's like, well, that's bad taste. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, like that's that's the thing. Like that's that's our point. Going all the way back to Matt Riddle, it's are you ready to work a fuck ton more dates? You know, and again for Daniel Daniel Bryan, he's a hot hot commodity in WWE right now. For every one match. On SmackDown, there's two to three house shows sprinkled in there. So you're wrestling more for a live audience only. And that's if you're actually featured on SmackDown that week or Raw that week. So is it really the glorious place that everyone claims it is? I don't think it is. I don't think so either. And, you know, there's there's one other, uh, there's one other path that we we've neglected to to talk about here when it comes to WWE signings. I would say probably 10 episodes ago, somewhere around there, you and I were talking about uh the declining sales of live events for the WWE and what they could do to bring that back to start start filling those seats and and putting, you know, have people buy tickets to live events. And at the time, I think we were talking about The Undertaker and him possibly coming back and, like, how, how to keep him relevant. If that is your chosen avenue for the WWE, where you just do primarily or as a majority just house show appearances, and that's the way they want you to draw. Hey, we, we now have Samoa Joe. We've signed Samoa Joe. Come see him in your town, and, and that's what you do. You don't necessarily work TV or whatever. Kudos to you, you're making your money, whatever. But, again, you're, you're only going to get over so much by doing that, by not having that television exposure. Where these days, stream streaming services are so accessible, you know, and, uh, you, you know, all these streaming services and organizations that have them have YouTube channels. And other places to view their video, they give they you know not not all of it is paid. You would get you know free items here and there, free video here and there. All that factors in, and you could still make a one hell of an impact without having to go to the WWE and be a house show guy, you know, and just draw at house shows. But uh, if if that is the WWE's plan for a lot of their talent, because it seems that way now, yeah, you know, you have all this talent. What are we going to do with them? Oh, throw them in house shows, and the only way fans get to see them is if they go live. That is kind of smart, you know. You're you're getting your live sales back up, but shit, man, your TV's suffering. Your TV's fucking boring, and and that's what that's just another another layer to that situation that I just don't understand. You have all this talent and you need, you, man, you just need better writers. You, your writers need to get their shit together. Stop letting all the good writers go. Yeah. You know? Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah, he's working for Impact now. Working for Impact. And, and then fucking look what they're doing. Yeah, Slammiversary was a fucking huge success for them. Huge success. You know what? I, I, I hear what you're saying and I... I definitely agree with uh, with what you're saying, but uh, to kind of 
add on to the the last point you made was your TV suffering. That's going to be obviously your your main reach to to anybody is TV. I mean, you're going to you know you're going to come to the Allstate, you know, or or you know our neck of the woods a few times a year. So your your main draw, your main you know draw point for us is TV. So if your TV is is, is super crappy. Well, I don't want to go to your house show either. I don't want to spend any money on you more than the ten bucks that I am for the WWE Network. So, again, what you were what you were saying it's it's a really fine line between promoting how for house shows and promoting for TV. To me, I think it starts with TV. I think that's how you promote live events by getting people to say, "Look how cool our product is." When we're in your neck of the woods, come check us out. If your TV is super boring, well, I don't want to check you out. I just, I just don't want to go. And again, that that live draw. If you're if you're just a live draw, you're not necessarily that your your level of performance isn't necessarily being translated over to your fans. And I think both you and I, and, and just about anyone else who has access to the internet, can can testify to that. That that's the truth. How many times do you hear about house show results, one? And then when you do, how often do you see whoever wrote the article or wrote the news blurb about it say anything to the point where you're, like, they're a hype man for the talent? They're not. It's just simply posting results and that's it. You know? Even if if it's a review of a show, you still get probably a tenth of, of what you should be getting in the way of a review. I mean, let's face it, not everybody out there who writes wrestling reviews and and covers wrestling news or rumors is a fucking, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, you know. Right. So, again, if if your avenue is, hey, we're going to put you at just live events only and this is how you're going to help the company, that's fine and dandy, but your career's going to suffer. Even even people that attend live events, I come across a lot of wrestling fans, and you don't get that. You don't get a whole lot of that. Like, oh, hey, I went to this show, and this guy was really cool. This guy sucked. Like, no, it's just, yeah, I went to the show, and this is what happened. So you you don't you don't get you don't get a real sense of like, man, should I go see these guys? Right. And then the other thing too, bro. Ticket prices. Yeah. You're, you're now working for WWE, and I, I haven't attended a WWE show in quite some time. It's been about five years for me. Because of ticket prices. Yeah. I mean, even even going to a, just a regular live event, a house show. Yeah. It's still more expensive than going to see, potentially going to see Ring of Honor or Evolve or something like that. Yeah, I, we can go to Front Row for Evolve and pay less than 50 bucks. To go to Evolve show to see good wrestling. Front with, row. With or without Matt Riddle, by the way, or yeah, Keith Lee. Exactly. We were lucky enough to see them both, but the the price of everything is, is going to be huge. The the price of your of your of your t shirts. I don't know about you, but let's let's look at it too. Like the price of tickets are extremely high. The t shirts for WWE. I know you haven't been looking at the WWE shop very you know recently. No. But uh, they have sales all the time. 
Well, that much I do know. You, I mean, I, I do get emails. But. Right. Well, my point is, you don't see that a lot with pro wrestling tees, and uh, there's a reason for that. They, they don't. They don't have to. <laughs> yeah. They, they, absolutely. That's a very good point. They don't. They don't have. To. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I would love for them to do it, or lower their shipping costs, especially if they're right here in Chicago. But <laughs> yeah. I digress. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, they don't have to. I mean, WWE, just last week, it was uh, buy buy one regular price, get the second one for a dollar. I, I think that right now, as as of this recording, they're doing that, but with, like, uh, accessories and baseball hats. The buy one, get one for a buck. I mean, that's a great deal and good for them. And, and you know, you can argue, oh, they're a bigger company and they, they, uh, they can afford to do things like that. And that's fine, but... It's a really alarming when you're doing it all the time. All the time, there's some kind of like ridiculous sale going on. And you can buy their shirts for pretty dirt cheap. Yeah. You know, and again, pro wrestling tees, I can't do that. And it doesn't bother me. I, I don't buy shirts every single week. I, you know, we got a friend that does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's. That's that's a thing right there where your merchandise sales aren't doing as well as people might think they are, but uh, those independent guys certainly are doing very well for themselves. And again, you know, no matter where where you go to, I mean, let's look at a baseball team. You know, look at a, a team that isn't doing so well right now. Let's look at the Baltimore Orioles. Let's not pick on any of our teams. Thank you. Although my <laughs> my team's doing very well. Not mine. Jesus. <laughs> But uh, we'll pick on the Baltimore Orioles. That's the worst record in, in, uh, in baseball. Uh, fucking losers. Sorry. <laughs> <So> <laughs> one of the more expensive tickets in all of baseball, well, is no matter how they're doing, it seems to be the New York Yankees. It's New York City. Everything's expensive out there. If the Orioles were to charge what the Yankees charge, especially if they're not doing so well at that point, you're going to have like nobody in the audience. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to go. You know, and again, if they start doing better, let's say they're in first place, well, then it's definitely a better idea to say, well, maybe we should start charging like the New York Yankees because more people are going to want to see us because we're a good product. We're a good team. Same applies for for professional wrestling. You, of course, are going to have good ticket sales for pay-per-views, especially your bigger ones, SummerSlam, WrestleMania. For now, from now on until the foreseeable future, but those only happen once a year. Well, right now, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that international one. Um, but you have Raw and SmackDown that happen every single week. You know, fifty-two times a year. Okay, those are the shows. That you should be plugging the most. To say hey look at how good our product is. And you're not doing that. So that's a major reason to why. People like myself. You know. Hardcore wrestling fans. That are just like. Yeah I'm not not spending my money on this. For what? What reason? So I can go there and, and not be entertained? Yeah. I could be not entertained on my couch. Doing you know something on the computer or something. <laughs> You know, instead of being there in, in a in a 
a live crowd, a live audience, and and just be like, when does this end? When is this over? <laughs> when you start anticipating the show to be over, you're not having fun. Yeah, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> you're doing something wrong. But all I can say is, I know you listeners at home don't feel that way about this show. God, I would hope not. I hope not. I I I know. I know. I know. I, I know you guys don't. Right. Anyways, <laughs> you can let us know later. Uh, we're going to go pay some bills right now. Stay tuned. This episode of the 20 by 20 crew is sponsored by Amazon Prime. Sign up for a free 30-day trial and you get instant access to thousands of movies and television episodes. You get to borrow Kindle eBooks. You also get unlimited free two-day shipping with no minimum order size. You don't have to purchase. You can cancel anytime and still show the 20 by 20 crew some love. You can sign up for Amazon Prime through the 20 by 20 crew by visiting our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for hanging in there with us as we uh, pay some bills. Hopefully, you took the time to support the show, which is always appreciated. We are back, and we are still watching the eighth night of the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax, which is the 28th annual G1 tournament, uh, which happened on uh, July 26th, which was a day ago. Yeah. Uh, We are watching Tetsuya Naito... In his in another qualifying match against Tama Tonga of the Bullet Club OGs, as they're calling themselves these days, with his brother uh, Tonga Loa at ringside, interfering like a motherfucker. I got school Bullet Club. Yeah, I gotta say though, I I really I, you know, I had just talked to you before we started recording. I really like the way. Like the amount of interference that they're doing, and the way they're doing it, because they're doing it with purpose. Yeah, they're not doing it just because of lazy writing or anything like that. All this makes sense to everything that's going on, not only within the tournament but within their respective storylines. So I'm all for it, and and so far it's made for a very interesting um, G1 tournament. I mean, you've had. I think this probably is, if not the year, or one of the years with the most disqualifications in the tournament because <laughs> of the Bullet Club OGs. Oh, Bushi, Bushi with the, <laughs> the mist on Bad Luck Fallet. Interesting. You know, it, it, it's it's very apparent what they're trying to what they're trying to uh, convey here. So you have out of the the Bullet Club, you have. Two guys from the the the, the OGs in Tamatanga and Balak Fale, Fale and Block A, Tonga and Block B. Neither one of those guys have made it very have both made it very clear that uh, winning the the G one is not top priority. They're here to make a statement that uh, they're the most dominant force in New Japan, and it doesn't necessarily mean winning this this tournament. And they've they've proven that. Uh, not just in the matches against fellow Bullet Club members, because again, that's their immediate rival right now. Is the the Bullet Club elite is what they're being called right now. But it's it's taking it's taking a shot at the entire New Japan roster, and that's what you're seeing here. And that's very old school Bullet Club mentality: us versus everybody else. 
And that's what I love about it. And you're absolutely right. It's not lazy writing. It has a purpose. And as we see uh, Naito picking up the victory here, Block B, seeing this, this this faction, albeit a small faction, that is pretty much just putting everybody on notice. Whether you're a Tetsuya Naito or a Hiroshi Tanahashi, as we saw a show or two ago, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, obviously, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, you know, those guys have already been put on notice prior to the G1. But, yeah, everybody, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. If you step into that ring with them, you step in the ring pretty much with all of them. And that's the mentality that they're trying to convey here. And that's the whole purpose of, of Tangaloa interfering like a motherfucker in all of these matches because it's one of those things where it's, you're not just facing one of us, you're facing all of us. That's very old school Bullet Club. And that's what I like about it. I'm not a huge fan of interferences in matches, especially in tournaments like these. But if it makes sense, just like everything else, it works. It works, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I'm kind of shocked to see Naito pick up the victory here. <laughs> yeah, oh. The referee's about to get it. There you go. Naito always the uh, always the heel, even when he's a babyface. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, you can catch the G1 climax with a New Japan Pro Wrestling World subscription. If you don't know how to do that and you don't have one, you can always get the information over on our website at twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash njpw. And if you're looking for uh... English commentary, all 19 shows, again, in first, English commentary. First time ever. First year ever they're doing it. All 19 shows of the tournament, of the tour, all in English commentary, available the day of. The day of. Yeah. You, you can watch it live. Yeah, you can watch it live. If you want to. So, there's a, watch it live, watch it whenever you want, as Naito spits on Rocky Romero. <laughs> I think a lot of people do that, though, that's nowadays. The, well, that's the second time in, like, the past <laughs> three or four shows he's done that. So, yeah, Rocky Romero doesn't get a whole lot of love. But, uh, anyways, let's go back to uh, this Tamatunga guy. <laughs> Where do I begin? You know, it, there's, there's over the years of, of watching wrestling, you, you always have those guys that live the gimmick. Yeah. You know, and when you have wrestlers like that, it it usually works. It usually, especially if they're a heel, it usually works and gets them over that much more. In this day and age, when you guys, when you have guys living the gimmick, it's it can be downright scary. And uh, this this situation with Tamatonga is no uh, no uh, exception to that rule. I personally have witnessed um, him. Going after a fan who happened to be a a war veteran, um, who commented on Tama's in ring performance, uh, saying he was a little subpar for his taste, and Tama Tonga just let the guy have it, calling him a pussy, and you know, I served my time there, you know, you you should go finish yours or, or something to that that effect. Uh, but giving the guy the business like out and outright. If I'm not mistaken, that got him put in Twitter jail. Yeah. And then 
again with uh, this whole incident with Roman Reigns. <laughs> also got him put in Twitter jail. Tomatonga just doesn't seem to be making a whole lot of friends right now. Going after a, uh, a veteran is, whether you're a, a Japanese contracted wrestler or not, it's, it's not... It's not the right move to make, uh, especially if you're a uh, representing a company that's trying to westernize your product <laughs> here in the United States. You know, uh, the, I, I don't know about other countries, but uh, you know, here in the United States, you know, we we, we value very highly the uh, the men and women of the armed forces, and um, when you go on social media and you start. Uh, Degrading them—that's one thing. But uh, what Tomatunga said, and look, I, I'm gonna—I'm just gonna let you guys go and do the digging yourself on this. But he—he uh, he said some pretty, pretty harsh things to this gentleman. Yeah, that, that's putting it politely. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's a serious no-no for for a number of reasons. But uh, you know, let's let's keep it strictly business here, man. Like, if I'm New Japan, I'm somebody's got to just be like, hey. You know, keep 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 some of your fucking comments to yourself. Like, there's there's living the gimmick, but as you said, it could be a very dangerous thing because at some point there's got to be a line drawn, and it's clear that either it hasn't been in this case, or it has, and he just doesn't give a fuck, and he's just gonna cross it anyways. Because um, if you're a, if especially if you have a a businessman that's based out you know part of his company is based out here in, in new york now american base you gotta be looking at that and saying like we can't have that <laughs> I, you're absolutely right um but as far as i know there's no there has been no company backlash against tomatonga so far no it doesn't seem to be i know those guys are able to do a lot more uh, in New Japan and, you know, let's say WWE. Yeah. But that's putting it lightly. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really weird. And uh, it started this rivalry with, with Roman Reigns <laughs> and Twitter battles. So I'm, I'm trying to – I'm a little confused here. He's called – he's calling Roman uh, hashtag snitch. Do you, do you know why? Yeah, so this originally started with Tamatonga saying – you ain't nobody, bitch. And Roman Reigns replied with, Oh, sounds like something from a Drake album. Oh, wait, it is. And Tomatonga decided to take another shot at Roman Reigns, and that got him put into Twitter jail. Or, you know, his, his account got uh, deactivated for the time being. And that is what Tomatonga is referring to in in his uh his twitter status where he says got the snitch your bark can't seem to get over your yard for me to hear you my yard has no fences come test your skills here anytime jealousy is a bitch trait in quotes what album is that from hashtag roman the rat because apparently roman was the one who was responsible for uh flagging his account okay so now these guys are cousins, right? Or I believe so. I know they're they're all part of that uh, big Anawai family. What do you think of the of the actual like? It's always interesting when you have these kind of cross branded Twitter battles here. I mean, we live in a world where we're talking about Twitter <laughs> rivalries. <clears throat> um, 
Roman Reigns versus Tamatonga in, in this sense of uh, of Twitter battles. What do you make of this? Is do you think this is a legit thing or? I again, I think it's Tama living the gimmick, and I'm not saying he's not a legitimate badass. Yeah, because he is Samoan, but at the same time, right now, I think it's 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 more uh, more bark than than bite on both parts. Uh, if these two guys were to get into to the ring with one another, I think they'd both work stiff against one another. That's for damn sure. Um, especially since you have both of them being Samoan and representing different companies. I think Tama and his brother are able to do a lot more and, and definitely work that strong style where Roman can't. Again, I'm not saying Roman is not a badass, but I think Tama is definitely u- utilizing the situation as it is to to just create fodder to make Roman look weak. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, let's fantasy book it then. Let's uh, let's put those two together. Who wins this match? It's got to be non WWE, WWE, of course. Yeah. WWE, it's gonna be Roman Reigns, hands down. <laughs> You know what? I'm. I don't know. I I will say this about it though. If 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 they were to ever go at it and and ten, tensions were heightened, I'd say it would be a pretty stiff match. And we would definitely see a side of Roman Reigns that we previously had not seen in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he wins the match or not, couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you one bit. Because quite honestly, although Tama Tonga is a, is a badass, I haven't seen him do anything recently that sticks out in my mind to where I could just be like, yeah, it's definitely Tama Tonga. Tama, yeah. So. The only thing that I would have to say is what you already said earlier was uh, the strong style. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's used to working stiff. Yeah. So he, he might actually last better in the match. Where, uh, where Roman just doesn't. This doesn't have the style really at all, besides uh, you know Spear and Superman Punch. So, I, I don't know. I, to me, you put them in a in a wrestling ring, and you go based off of overall talent. I go I go Tamatanga, um, just because I just don't think Roman Reigns has had the opportunity to grow. Where I think he's able to actually be a legit worker, he hasn't had the opportunity to grow because of the company he works for. That's a good point. So, uh, I want to go now to another guy that's living uh, living the character. He's all over the world, all over uh, the wrestling world, that is. And uh, I want to jump ship to uh, to Impact Wrestling. Uh, let's go to uh, Slammiversary. Slammiversary, uh, it happened on July 22nd. It was in Toronto. It was on pay-per-view, Fight TV, and uh, all those other uh, sites. If you don't have Fight TV, you can get it through us. Twenty dollars. Yeah, twenty. You sign up with us as a brand new Fight TV user or subscriber. We're gonna give you twenty bucks right off the bat. Go go watch yourself some free free wrestling, free MMA, whatever yeah. you want. Free bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. That seems to be pretty hot right now over there. You can get you can use those twenty dollars to uh, get a discount on the replay for Slammiversary. Oh, there you go. If you want to do it that way, twenty uh, x twenty crew dot com. 
slash podcast slash fights. That's F I T E. And check out Slammiversary, which has been called one of the best wrestling shows of the year. And you have the guy that I was referring to, Mr. Sammy Callahan, a.k.a. The Draw. He had a very interesting rivalry with Pentagon Jr. that led to uh, mask versus hair. And he lost. He lost the match, and he lost his hair, apparently. Uh, I haven't actually watched the uh, the event yet. Uh, been behind, given everything that happened, as I talked about earlier in the show. Sammy Callahan is one of those guys, though, too, that uh, has been living the character. So it's kind of one of those things that, with the Tomatonga situation, it's kind of about how all you play it out. So with Tomatonga... He's going, to me, he's going about the wrong way. I have nothing against Twitter. We use Twitter. But what I what I have against it is when you have these, these Twitter battles and these guys saying things that they may or may not necessarily mean, and maybe it's for the business. What's for the business is not necessarily going out that way. Where Sammy Callahan, I mean, he, shit, he went on uh, TMZ... To continue to antagonize the Eddie Edwards situation. And he did that for business. That's the difference there. You are living the character. But you're still doing it for the business. Making sure that it's very plain. That it's plain and simple that it's for the business. Even if people want to rip your head off. Which if you watch an Impact Wrestling show right now. Or most independent wrestling shows that he's in. He's on. That crowd is either 100% for him or they want to see him get his ass whooped that night. And that's exactly what he's supposed to do. Tomatonga calling out, you know, guys from the military may or may not do that, especially if you're in Japan. You know, <laughs> if, if, if you, you know, if you're just an asshole and you're an asshole, but if you're doing it for the sake of antagonizing the crowd, well, you're not really antagonizing the Japanese crowd. Because it's yeah, it's not one of their people. <laughs> so I don't, I, you know, the same thing with the with the Roman Reigns uh, battle here is I just I don't know I don't I don't quite get it. Impact Wrestling. What can I say about these guys right now? Again, I didn't watch the the, the show, but I heard it was one of the best shows of the year. Um, I want to point out to again. I have been watching the uh, the Impact Wrestling TV shows, and I do want to point out that these guys, if you ha- if you're not watching them yet, do check them out. And I love the fact that you look at this card: Pentagon Junior. not not contracted by Impact Wrestling; uh, Johnny Impact, not contracted by them; Taiji Ishimori, he's contracted by New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, first guy in a long time to be contracted by New Japan Pro Wrestling. To appear to Impact Wrestling show, Austin Aries, not contracted by them. He's their current champion. Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. House of Hardcore. Yeah, he's representing House of Hardcore in this. So it kind of goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, where they're doing business with all these different companies, and they put it together. Uh, Phoenix, another guy, not contracted by them. Brian Cage. Brian Cage. Yeah, and it, it just goes to, to show you the, what kind of what a good partnership does. And that's what Impact Wrestling is doing. And I, I don't know. I, I 
maybe maybe I'm overstepping it a little bit here, but I, I think maybe better than anybody in the business right now. It just seems to be that way because you have this big melting pot of talent from all over the place, and they're making a huge card, and it's it's working. It's obviously working. They sold the show out uh, a few hours before actual bell time, which that's good news yeah. that that they sold out the show. And I mean, there was a there was a a certain crowd of wrestling fans who sat there and were assholes about it, like, oh, they barely sold out the show. You know what? A sellout's a sellout. A sellout is a sellout. <laughs> a win is a win, and a loss is a loss. Like. It's it's nothing but what it is, and for them to sell out that show, whether they did it three weeks in advance or one one hour in advance, they still sold out the fucking show. They didn't have to give away tickets, you know. They didn't fucking paper the crowd. This is what you want for a wrestling company. So I don't understand why why people come out and have that attitude towards this, you know. And again, I also have not watched uh, the card yet. I definitely will. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I've heard nothing but good things, and there was only eight matches on the show. Yeah. Apparently, the the first match was which was the four way between uh, Johnny Impact, Phoenix, Taiji Shimori, and Petey Williams was pretty fucking crazy. Rich Swan was not able to uh, compete due to a concussion the night before. Yeah, at a so, major league wrestling show. So he was uh, replaced by Petey Williams. Speaking of concussions, we're we're still watching uh, <laughs> the G1 Climax Night 8 and the Stone Pitbull Ishii just headbutted Zack Sabre Jr. Like, flat out knocked him on his ass on, on, the, on the mat. That was crazy. But that was apparently a, a fucking barn burner of a match, and that started off the whole pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, you have... I don't know what Petey Williams' contract situation is, but... You have at least three guys who are not even contracted by the company, and they start off your show in, in such a, a great manner. That's right there. That's talent swapping as, as, at its finest right now. You know, Eddie Edwards versus Tommy Dreamer. That was that was been booked since their match at House of Hardcore. Again, we're talking about a House of Hardcore match setting up an Impact Wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's crazy in, in that sense. Uh, to bring back Hernandez and Homicide. Again, not contracted by Impact Wrestling at this point to to take on Ortiz and Santana, two young guns from the from LAX, in a street fight match or a fifty one fifty street fight match. Yeah, I mean it's great business. Austin Aries as your champion defending against Moose, uh, who is one of the top guys in Impact Wrestling right now. So, I mean it's it's such a great time for them, and I love the fact that you have two guys, Don Callis and Scott Demore. Um, that are using their experience in the wrestling business to help bring this this company back to where it was, you know, ten years ago or so, or even more longer than that. So it's great because you know Don Callis has a lot of friends in the company. I know him more than I know Scott Demore, uh, and you know Don Callis obviously his partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling. What's next as far as that partnership goes? You know, who else is going to be there? You know, um, and vice versa. You know, are we going to see, you know, Impact Wrestling guys in, in New Japan someday? You know, it could happen. I would like to see it happen. I would like to see it happen. You know, 
I would like, you know, because we're talking tournaments here. You know, the next tournament should be the World Tag League, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, you know, I would really like to see these uh, uh, tag team champions uh, in the in LAX. Those guys are really good workers. I'd like to see them in that in that tournament and see what they can do. That would be awesome. You know, I mean, and it's it's also, too, It's all, what's awesome about it is that, again, you have talent in a company that you don't see, you, you never see, and that you're going to see for this tour for this month. And, again, we talk about advertisement. You know, we talked about WWE earlier. It's, hey, look what we have. You want to see more of these guys, come check out our product. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's this... It's not rock science, ladies and gentlemen. It shouldn't be. You know? <laughs> and uh, that's, I think that's a good way to end the show is to to showcase how easy professional wrestling can be as far as the basics go. Um, real quick here too, I want to give we want to give a shout out to one of our favorite wrestlers, Alex Shelley. Who just made the announcement that he, he is stepping away from I, professional man, wrestling? Man, I am so heartbroken. Dude. I know you took that one hard. I, I'm a huge fan of, of Alex Shelley, the Morrissey Machine Guns, the Time Splitters. I mean, such a very underrated wrestler in so many ways. So, uh, whatever he is, uh, whatever his reason is, man, I, I hope we both hope that's. Alex Shelley is uh, in a wrestling ring again someday. Yeah, man. I hope it's temporary. I really, really do. You can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 20x20crew. Uh, come talk to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. You can hate tweet us on Twitter at 20x20crew. We're also available on Instagram at 20x20crew. And while I'm thinking about it, Starting in September, we are going to have an Instagram exclusive giveaway that'll be happening once a month. Once a month. Uh, you'll be able to qualify um, once a week. Once a week. Well, uh, what what we're going to do is on this on this day in wrestling history, or actually on this week, if you will. Yeah. Or, in, those in lines. This week in wrestling, yeah, we're still working out the kinks, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah. We, but uh, <laughs> what it is, we're gonna we're gonna come up with uh, a something that happened in that particular week, and obviously it's Instagram. So it's, you're gonna have a picture, and we're gonna have a caption that's gonna describe it briefly, and then ask a question. All you have to do is answer the question. You answer the question. The first twenty people to answer the question is qualified for the monthly giveaway. It's absolutely free to play. All you got to do is participate. Well, yeah, it's absolutely free. Uh, obviously, it helps if you have Instagram. So yeah. if, if you don't have an Instagram account, please get one and make sure you follow us. That is also one of the rules. You have to follow us in order to play. So otherwise, yes, it's free. Everything, else, Yeah, everything is free about it. Follow those simple rules. We'll have everything on the website in, 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 the, in the coming weeks. And you can get all that information at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Instagram. Uh, we're also on YouTube. We're still looking for 50 YouTube subscribers to uh, initiate that giveaway. We it's also got, free. It's also free. All you have to do is have a, a YouTube account, which is and, free. And follow, and follow, follow us, our channel. Which subscribe. Is free. Subscribe to our channel. 
But yeah, you can catch us on YouTube, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube. We'll take you right there. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, please. Uh, we are steadily working on more of the following contest, which is our YouTube exclusive uh, content. So be on the lookout for that. And I think I think we covered all the bases, that's, if I'm not mistaken. That's about it. As, as always... Joe and I want you to hashtag support professional wrestling, support the heels, support those baby faces <laughs> so they can get the heels over. Absolutely. <laughs> and until next week, we will see, see you in you the, in the ring. ring, bro.